0: Odd Trails is a true paranormal podcast that contains adult language and can be frightening for some. Listener discretion is advised. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real.
0: Just trust. Believe. <laughs>
1: Several years ago, I got my first job out of college and needed to find a place to live. I found a room in a cute bungalow not too far from one of Minneapolis's lakes. The day I moved in, the previous renter was moving out. As she and I passed each other in the backyard, she looked at me and sarcastically said, Good luck. To which I said, Uh, thanks. There was a back door to the house that led into the kitchen. After you walked through the kitchen, there was a short hallway. The first door on the left led to the owner's upstairs attic bedroom. Her name was Debbie. The next door to the left was for another bedroom, and across the hall was my room. Debbie spent most of her time at her boyfriend's house, coming home once a day to feed her two cats, which meant I had the house to myself, along with the cats. One of the cats took to me immediately. Wherever I was, she was. When I slept, she was always pressed against me. Not only that, but she needed to be in physical contact with me as much as possible. That meant whenever I was sitting, she was in my lap, including at mealtimes. If my bedroom door was closed, she would body slam it. Wham! Wham! Like she was trying to break the door down until I would eventually open it for her and let her in. For the life of me, I can't figure out how she made that much noise. It was odd behavior, even for a cat. Now I believe she was some sort of guardian, trying to protect me from whatever was in that house. About two weeks later after I moved in, I woke up at around 6am and heard three voices and footsteps walking around upstairs in Debbie's bedroom. I couldn't understand what they were saying, but I could hear one female and two male voices. I told myself it was just a clock radio that Debbie had left on. I heard this every morning when I woke up. About a week later, I asked Debbie about it. She told me that the house was haunted, but not to worry. The ghosts didn't want to scare or hurt me. I thought, what the hell, what kind of response is that? They were scaring me. She also said previous renters had gotten so freaked out that they called the police. About a month later, another roommate moved in. Her name was Jody. Jody's bedroom was located on the opposite end of the hallway from my room. The sound stopped for a couple of weeks while they got used to her. They never made any sounds when a new person was in the house. It seemed they had to get comfortable with the person before they made any noise. Once they got used to Jody, however, the sounds got progressively worse. Around 10.30 at night, we would hear footsteps stomping down the first three wooden stairs from Debbie's bedroom. This would go on for about half an hour, unexpectedly throughout every night. They would stomp down three steps, pause, And then start over again. We would hear something like boxes being pushed across the hardwood floor upstairs. Whenever we would creep up there the next morning, nothing had been moved. Even the dust was perfectly in place. Jody told me she would lay in bed at night and watch a mist form at one end of her room break into three sections and then go back into one single form at the other end of the room. She would lie in bed night after night watching this. I don't know how she got any sleep. We never knew when or what sounds would come out of Debbie's room. Whenever we tried talking to Debbie about the sounds, she just brushed it off, thinking Jody and I were overreacting. So, I eventually asked my priest to do a house blessing, but even he refused to help me. There was no one else to call. Jody and I would stand at the bottom of the stairs to Debbie's bedroom and say quietly through the closed door, move towards the light. But we were afraid we'd make the ghosts mad and that everything would just get worse. One evening, I was alone in my bedroom reading a book. Both cats were with me. I then heard a key go into the back door lock. The cats jumped off my bed and ran into the kitchen. I assumed it was Debbie. There was silence, though. Nothing happened, and no one came through the door. The cats walked back into my room and almost appeared to be confused. Then I heard the door lock being opened again. The cats ran back into the kitchen. I then heard the sound of a key go into the lock, over and over again, really fast, for about 30 seconds, although it seemed much longer. And then it stopped. My heart was beating so fast I thought it was going to jump out of my chest. I crept out of my room and looked through the back door window, but there was no one there. The cats didn't know what to think either. Another night, again, the cats were in my bedroom and I heard a loud crash in the kitchen. The light fixture, for no reason, had crashed to the floor. I locked the cats in my room and cleaned up the mess. One day, Debbie and I were talking in her room. I heard a sound coming from a picture. She had a framed illustration of three clowns on her wall. The clowns were dressed in typical clown garb with colors of sickly orange, pink, and faded red. One clown was standing next to another clown who appeared to be sitting on a block. Propped up on one elbow was the third clown reclining in front of the other two. All of this in front of a dismal grey background. The clowns were fully made up with demonic smiles. The old thin grey frame made crackling sounds like someone crumpling newspaper in another room. I have never heard a picture crackle before, and I never want to hear that again. I asked Debbie about the picture. She paused and said one day she had been playing with a crystal wand in her bedroom. She had no idea what she was doing, and after that day, the sounds in the house started. She confessed that when Jody and I weren't there, and she was in her room with the cats, she would hear footsteps walking around downstairs. I told Jody what Debbie told me. Both of us agreed that those clowns must be the ones haunting the house. There was nothing we could do about it. From then on we were really careful about what we said and did in the house. We felt like we were being listened to and watched constantly. I can't begin to tell you how paranoid and sleep-deprived Jody and I were. One Saturday, Jody and I were eating lunch in the kitchen when we decided to move out. We couldn't take living there anymore. The sounds and other phenomena became worse after that conversation. Every time I stepped into a room and flipped on a light, it would blow out. The pilot light of the furnace would go out day after day. The furnace guy kept coming to fix it and said there was no reason that it should be happening. The sounds of stomping down the steps at night were so loud that I thought the wooden stairs were going to break. The sound of boxes being pushed across the floor were also louder almost as if the ghost boxes had gotten 20 pounds heavier. From all the ghost stories I've heard, I've come to the conclusion that those ghost clowns were predators who fed off of Jody's and my terror. It was as if they knew we were leaving, so they needed to ramp up the activity to frighten us as much as possible to get as much energy as they could before we left. I lived in that house for five months. How I made it that long, I will never know. Jody and I eventually found a new apartment a few miles away. I slept there the first night the place was ours, on the floor, because I just couldn't take one more night in that house. After we moved, Jody told me that when she was alone in the house, she would see dark figures walking around in my room. I'm glad she didn't tell me that when I lived there, I never would have slept. When I was looking for a condo to buy, the first question I asked was if the property had a history of haunting. Every realtor looked at me like I was crazy. But I wasn't crazy. Jody, the past renters who filed police reports, and even two cats were all witnesses to what went on in that house.
0: The story I am about to tell is creepy as hell, and still shakes me to the core to this day. I know it's a long one, but as I sit here and write it, I truly feel that every detail is necessary in this story. So sit down, buckle up, it's about to be a doozy. If you can tell by my language already, I'm from rural Arkansas. About a year ago, my boyfriend and I were in the process of getting our first home. It just so happens that his parents had just purchased a new home for themselves and had placed their old one on the market. If you know anything about the pandemic from the last crazy two years, it is very hard to sell a home during a pandemic. Their previous home had been vacant for a while and they feared a break-in and asked me and my boyfriend if we wouldn't mind staying there a couple of nights a week until our home was move-in ready just so that nobody would mess with the place. I thought it was a great idea. My boyfriend and I, his name is Ethan, we hadn't lived together previously, and I thought it would be great to see how it was living together before our new home was ready. Boy, was I mistaken. Picture a road to nowhere. A long, narrow road surrounded by trees and very little neighbors. This house was so far in the boondocks that there was no internet or phone service for at least 10 miles. Ethan and I had been together for two years, so I had been to this house several times and it never felt creepy. Until it finally did. When we arrived on the first night, the house was very vacant. There was the occasional household item here and there, but for the most part, his family had completely moved out. Ethan and I set up a mattress upstairs in his old bedroom. We went downstairs to enjoy the night together and watch a couple of old DVDs on the small TV his parents left behind, and eat the now cold pizza that we had picked up in town. A huge two-story empty house is creepy on its own but I honestly never felt scared until I heard the dresser behind me shake. And yes, I mean shake. Ethan and I were mid-conversation when the old heavy oak chest of drawers shook and a drawer opened as slow as possible. We both just looked at each other in disbelief. There was absolutely no explanation for what just took place. We were both pretty shaken up by this and decided to just go to bed. Up the stairs we went, and slept surprisingly well. The next morning, Ethan left for work at around 5am and kissed me on the head goodbye. This always wakes me up slightly, but in that weird twilight sense of awareness, where you know what's happening, but you're just about to fall back to sleep. Little did I know then, falling back to sleep was probably one of the worst mistakes I had ever made. When I fell back to sleep, my face was towards the bedroom door. Ethan left it cracked to let a little light in from the hall to shine through. That way, I would be able to see around when I got up and got ready to leave. I drifted back to sleep and had the most vivid, scary-ass dream of my life. I was in the same exact position and moment as I was in when I had fallen asleep. In this dream, more of a trance-like state looking back, I saw this lady in the crack of the door. She was short, older, had a very wrinkly face and this long white hair that went past her stomach. She looked disgusted and almost angry. She wore this old-timey floral nightgown with house slippers. In a split second, I went from a dream to gasping for breath. I awoke holding my chest with my eyes shut. I couldn't breathe. I finally caught my breath when I came to. I was in the same exact position looking at that same view as I was looking in the dream. Minus the old scary lady. Now this freaked me the fuck out, but I was tired and decided that I had just gone crazy and that falling back to sleep wouldn't hurt me. I drifted off again. I saw that same old lady in the doorframe again. But this time, when I awoke, it was to the sound of someone holding a doorknob, twisting it, and then letting go of it, making that loud popping noise. I counted as I lay there very still. This occurred 11 times. The next series of events feels like they took place in 5 seconds or less, but obviously they did not. I sprung up out of bed and gathered up all of my belongings as quickly as I could, but I came to a complete stop when I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. They were loud footsteps. My life just flashed before me. I had thought I was having a terrible dream that turned into reality. In my head, this house was getting robbed, and I was alone with no phone service. I sat back down on the mattress, shaking and thinking that this might be the end. It got quiet again, and in my brain I thought, maybe they had left. So I continued gathering my belongings and then I made the decision to run like crazy down the stairs and to my car. When I opened the door to the bedroom, I took off running like my feet were on fire. However, when I got to the end of the stairs, I heard a loud creak. I watched the laundry room door slowly open as if someone had just entered that room. I paused at the end of the stairs before running even faster out of the front door. When I got to my car, I peeled out of the driveway with no pants on and only half of my belongings. I went to the closest town on my way back to my parents' home where I lived at the time. I sat in McDonald's parking lot and called Ethan crying my eyes out. I finally made my way back home and later that day he called me to let me know that no one was in the house but asked why the deadbolt was locked. I assured him that I did not lock it. I left in a hurry. Ethan said that every single door with a deadbolt in the house was then locked. My mother is especially sensitive to the supernatural, and when I told her the story that night, she looked at me puzzled. She said, Shelby, do you think that this was paranormal rather than a break-in? I'll never forget the realization I had when the thought of a spirit attacking me was scarier than an intruder. Months had passed since the experience, and everyone had moved on with life. Ethan and I were in our new home, and the house, with the terrifying experience, had been sold. I was sitting with Ethan's mom alone one day when I asked her if she had ever had any scary experiences in the house. She looked at me, plain as day, and said, What did she do to you? I swear my heart stopped. I explained the story to her, and she then in turn told me some of the crazy, insane stories that had happened to her in that house. While very creepy, those are stories for another time. Before their family moved to this location, an old lady with many cats lived in the spot that they did. Everyone said that she was the loner type and kept to herself with all of the cats. A literal cat lady, as they say. One tragic day, the house burned down with her and all of the cats inside. It burned to the ground with nothing left. The woman's grieving sister decided to build on the property, but not just build. She, exactly to the T, rebuilt the same house her sister burned to death in, at the same exact location. When her sister moved out due to grief and not being able to handle living in the house, Ethan's family moved in. I said that I wouldn't tell Ethan's family story, but I will let you in on just this one fact. Ethan's mother told me that his younger sister told her that once she saw a cat come out of the wall, look at her and go right back into the wall. The scariest part, she had never even heard the history of the home. Her mother never told her because she was so young and didn't want to scare her. I often wonder How the new homeowners are in the home. That morning in that house is one that I will never forget. I've never felt physical evil in my life. I often wonder if the woman is angry that others are living in her home, or if it is something more sinister. Either way, I have never felt more scared in my life.
1: This happened when I was 29, back in 2016. It was a rough year. Our 16-year-old dog had just passed and my partner of two years had just abruptly broken up with me. Feeling alone, lost, and confused over my breakup, I decided to call a psychic that I had heard on a local morning radio station. She specialized in relationships and all that, so I figured maybe she could ease my mind even if it all just ended up being bullshit. The call with her was actually pretty spot on. She mentioned some personal things that she couldn't have found on the internet, brought up my ex without me mentioning it, and somewhat helped me feel better about my current situation. As my time with her was drawing to a close, she paused and said, Wait, who is Elizabeth? I said, oh, she's one of my aunts. We haven't been on the best of terms for a few years now. What I didn't say was that my aunt had been diagnosed with cancer the year prior and was not doing well. It had spread and she was basically on hospice care. I was close with her daughter, who was also estranged from her mother. My aunt had done things and said things that basically turned myself, my mother, and her own daughter against her. While we were sad for her diagnosis, the damage was done. Call us cold if you'd like, but she was not a good person. The psychic then suddenly had a serious tone to her voice. Listen, I don't care what has happened. You need to go make peace with her. I stuttered and stammered, trying to make up an excuse. No, she said. Promise me that you'll make peace with her as soon as possible. I said that I would, and we ended our 15-minute call. I was weirded out, but didn't think much of it after. Fast forward a few days, and my cousin, my aunt's daughter, let me know that she is coming into town to see her mom, because she's declining pretty rapidly. I didn't tell her about my conversation with the psychic, but I asked if I could come with her and basically say goodbye. She agreed and we headed to my aunt's. While it was awkward at first, we all sat around like old times, with my aunt in the hospital bed set up in her living room. I gave her a hug and told her I loved her. We left that night and the next day, she passed. This is where it starts to get weird. My mom called me a few days after the funeral and asked me if anything strange had been happening to me. Confused, I said no and asked her why. She said that in the days following my aunt's passing, who was her sister, scary things had been happening to her. She had been in the kitchen and a small crockpot, given to her by my aunt years ago, had just fallen out of a cupboard where it was securely stored. Then one night, she awoke out of a dead sleep with what felt like a heavy weight on her chest and she swore someone was whispering, just listen to me, right in her face. This is relevant because my mom had confronted my aunt with something that had come out just before her cancer diagnosis, and my aunt lied to my mom's face, screaming, just listen to me, you know I'd never do that to you. The last thing that happened is what scared me the most. My mom woke up, yet again, out of a dead sleep. From a nightmare, and she was covered in what looked like to be nail marks, as if someone with long nails had been digging into her skin all over her arms. My aunt was known for her long acrylic manicures, so this absolutely terrified me when my mom told me she asked if I had wanted to get my apartment blessed because she was having someone come to her house with holy water, white roses, Bibles, all of that. I passed not thinking it was necessary. After the blessing, my mom went through her house and got rid of everything my aunt had ever given her, just in case. All the nightmares and weird occurrences stopped, and we didn't really talk about it again. As someone who rolled their eyes at anything paranormal before all of this, I was now somewhat a believer. I think that psychic, though. I'm not sure what she helped me avoid, but... I'm glad I made peace with a soon-to-be-vengeful spirit.
0: My boyfriend and I wanted to visit an old town in East Texas for antique shopping and discovered a beautiful hotel built in the 1800s. It used to host presidents and famous people. One of those famous people was Stephen King, who visited while scouting locations for a movie and left in the middle of the night with his whole crew after a creepy experience there. Of course, we had to dig on the internet to find what room it was. The hotel doesn't like the reputation. We found it and booked it. Upon our arrival... It was cute and quaint, and we went out that evening on a ghost tour of the whole town. Of course, one of the stops was our hotel, and talking about our room. Talk about a sense of pride as we dangled our keys for everyone to awe at. We had a few drinks at a local tavern to wind down and went to bed, not really expecting anything to actually happen. In the middle of the night, I woke up to see a figure in the shadows near the window. It was stoic, but I just stared back at it. I decided to turn over and ignore it as not to wake up my boyfriend, who would surely make fun of me. I slept looking away from this figure, but at some point, I had to use the bathroom, and I couldn't wait any longer. I finally jumped over my boyfriend, and ran like a scared child, then gently closed the door to the bathroom to do my business. I heard footsteps coming to the bathroom, and I yelled to my boyfriend, Hold on, I'm almost done. And after flushing, I whipped the door open, and he was in bed. He gave me this odd look. Okay, I've just lost my mind, I guess. Morning couldn't come soon enough. As soon as the sun rose, I was out of bed and my boyfriend was already wide awake looking at the ceiling. He said, something very strange happened last night. He told me that he woke up and saw me dressed in this long black gown. I was rummaging through our suitcases for something. He then heard me say something from the bathroom and then heard the flush and that's why he looked confused. He then looked back at the suitcase, and there was nothing there. The suitcases were in that same exact corner of the bedroom that I saw the figure. He didn't want to alarm me. We both stared at each other and said, Let's get the fuck out of here. Problem was, no one was there to check us out. It's a small town with a limited staff. So we went on a walk around the town to clear our minds. Surely ghosts don't do shit in the daytime, right? We got back to our room and sitting on the side table were two plastic cups of ice water filled to the top. Okay, what kind of place is this where you can't check out and they come into your room before 9am to bring you ice water? We dropped the keys at the front desk and the old lady there said, How was your stay? I said, Very nice not wanting to get into the details of things. I said, Please, thank the housekeeping for leaving the water this morning. She looked at me puzzled and said, Housekeeping? They don't show up for another hour. We just stared in silence and finally she said, Have a safe trip home. Well, so... That is the last time we'll ever be testing our luck with a notoriously haunted hotel and haunted room. We even got home and both of us looked at each other and said, Were we robbed? Let's check the luggage. Thankfully, nothing was stolen. To this day, when people invite us to outings in that town, we'll just search for a cute little Airbnb and enjoy our ghost tour past the hotel with looking glances.
1: You know, part of me wishes that they took a sip of that ice water. That was a very generous gesture by the ghosts. It was. (laughs) What if that was like the ghosts' way of offering up a red pill into the matrix of the spirit realm? That's what I'm thinking it was. They just took the blue pill by walking out of there.
0: Interesting. Like, maybe it was supposed to be a positive experience or a learning experience and they really... They
1: they missed the boat on that one. They really did. They missed the boat. They missed the magic carpet. You know, we still have to visit one of those haunted hotels. I think we were going to go to like Virginia City or Nevada City. What what city is that?
0: I think Nevada City was one of the ones we were talking about. That's a bit more of like a hippie. Uh, that's like a hippie town, like a hipster
1: town. Okay, I'm thinking of Virginia City in Nevada. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I got my wires crossed there. Yeah, Virginia City is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Nevada City is like it's cool if you want to like go see a show and do some thrifting.
1: But that's about it. Yeah, drink some IPA. Yeah, a lot of IPA. Plant some pumpkins. <laughs> I like it there. I've been there. I love <laughs> yeah. it. But, yeah, it's
0: fun stuff. Yeah, I would love to go to a haunted hotel. I mean, we've been to a haunted saloon together. That mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. There was like, That was. There's was, There were stories about it being, like, a brothel, and there were prostitutes that were murdered there. Like, pretty gruesome stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. The whole, like, the... I think she committed suicide in the bathtub or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Did we talk about this already, or was this, like, a personal... (laughs) We might have. Who knows? We might have. I mean, I think we repeat ourselves a lot anyway, so it's whatever.
0: (laughs) I've done that so many times on Let's Not Meet in my outros. I'll just... I, I, I have one life, you know what I mean. That's only something exactly. That's yeah.
1: I can reference. <laughs> Let me tell you this story again for the yeah. fourth time this year. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but this story kind of makes
0: me think of your bumps in the night recently, and I, I, I you got to tell everyone about that.
1: Oh, I know that's right, and I must say that they were quite a bit more than bumps. They okay. were more like yeah. a twelve gauge remington 870 with the double pump stock (laughs) i don't know guns but it sounded like (laughs) a shotgun going off in my eardrum in my dream it felt like a dream initially like it was a loud bang in that like half awake state and then i heard the second one for sure and then the third one i was fully alert fully awake having been properly woken up by the second and then the real kicker is I had a buddy crashing on the couch that night and he was up at like three playing my Xbox, which you bought for me, thank you. And uh, <laughs> You're and uh yeah, he was he the next morning he was like, dude, what what was that noise at like three in the morning? I'm like, oh fuck. I was really hoping that it was just a dream, but the second and third knocks where I was completely lucid, it scared the shit out of me, and The fact that he would ask me the following morning what were those three loud bangs okay first of all that's validation you know how much i love validation and corroborated stories yes and secondly why didn't he come check up on me like i that could have been a gun why it would have taken three shots i don't know i'm a a better shot than that but at least check up on your buddy if you hear some gunshots going off in his room now i have a question this Th- this big bang, did it sound like it was coming from outside or from in the house? Yeah, no, not outside whatsoever. It okay. was like in my bedroom because he said it came from my room. Yeah, that. See, that's. I remember you telling me that. That's what was so scary about yeah. it. It didn't sound like a shotgun outside. Yeah, it, it straight up came from my bedroom. He heard it from behind my door in my room. And that's where I heard it too. It sounded yeah. like it went off in my ears like the room was ringing basically when I was fully awake by the third bang I don't know what to make of it and it kind of reminds me of another story I don't remember which episode which story it was but they mentioned like the three knocks taunting the Holy Trinity which is you know common knowledge and all that but it, it made me think of that story like mm-hmm. holy shit have i invited something into my life right and this was at like 3 a.m like you said yeah 3 a.m checks that box the three knocks the witching hour
0: the three knocks it came from in the house not from outside man that's really creepy this, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish you the best. It was good doing the podcast with you, but it sounds like you got a poltergeist.
1: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the thoughts and prayers. I'm sure it'll work out all right. So this episode being about loud
0: bangs, I went to Dick's the other day <coughs> <laughs> to pick up some uh, some weights. Dick's Sporting Goods, by the way. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, to pick up some, some weights and... When I was driving into the parking lot, which was way, way... I want to say like half a mile away because this is a huge strip mall. Like the strip Mm -hmm. mall spans the entire town. (laughs) And uh, so I I pull as as I'm pulling in on the other side of the strip mall, way far away from Dick's, I hear this loud boom that shakes my car. Whoa. And immediately I think, oh, wow, something exploded. Like it was a transformer or something because it Mm -hmm. was... I, I I've heard shotguns before. They're loud, so I pull in. I drive all the way across the parking lot, keeping my eyes peeled to make sure that I don't see, you know, an active shooter. Like shit, man. And in this this day and age, you never know where you can go. Mm-hmm. And then I, I pull up to Dicks. I park, and then there's there's like three dude bros standing outside of their car, talking about it. And I get out and I walk over there, and they're like, I was like, did you guys hear that? And they're like, yeah, shook my car. And I was like, yeah, I was on the other side of the parking lot, and I felt it and they're like we're gonna get that get the hell out of here and they're like take care of yourself man be safe and i was just like whoa that's cool that's, yeah that's wholesome i that like was, that it was super wholesome they were like you, you don't have to get out of here take care of yourself yeah i thought they were just gonna be like dude bros you know just be like oh what the fuck was that <laughs> yeah yeah stupid call you some slurs oh, i'm gonna go buy my weights now but they were actually very sweet and like actually like concerned about me they're like you should get out of here I'm like, all right thanks but i did and i turned on my police scanner and i walked through dicks listening to it super loud and everybody was staring at me because i was <laughs> listening to my scanner because i would be like walking around and all of a sudden they'd be like <sighs> and they'd be like what the fuck was that i love that that's like some rain man type of shit yeah <laughs> but yeah loud booms man booms scare me they're so frightening because uh you never know if it's gonna be a gunshot or in your case a poltergeist or demon or something like
1: that. I appreciate that analysis. When I think of loud booms and loud bangs, I just have to say, when you said loud bangs, I thought of like fluorescent dyed bangs from like the 80s. Loud bangs? No, loud bangs? She's I, got I, loud bangs. I, yeah, yeah, I thought of that. And then when you said sonic boom, I thought of Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always some sort of connection that I'm attempting to make.
0: Yeah, but it, you know what? It is true. Once We've talked about this a million times that we have to bring it up every time something happens. Since we started doing this podcast and researching these paranormal experiences and stories and stuff, weird things have been happening
1: to us, man. Yeah, it's weird because I remember like the first few messages like people would ask that question. I'd just be like, no, thanks for your concern, but we're good, Mm -hmm. Nothing." nothing. And slowly but surely the those three bangs I can honestly say are probably my one and only set in stone holy shit something went down mostly because my buddy was there and he heard it and he heard it come from my room and there's absolutely nothing in my room that could have made that noise like if something fell over it didn't fall over three times you know what I mean like, there's, there's yeah. nothing. I got a TV and a mattress and some ramen. That's about it. Paper towels, lotion. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good. There's nothing in there to make that sort of noise. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's super weird, man. We'll
0: see what happens. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll either ramp up or it'll go away and level out. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Anyway, we appreciate all of you guys listening and following us here on this journey with Odd Trails. This week you have heard Ghost Clowns by Linda The literal House on the Left by Shelby. The Psychic Friend by Laura. And finally, The Ghost That Tried to Rob Us by Hillary. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. As always, if you've got a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Don't forget to check out our Patreon for ad-free versions of all of these episodes at a higher bitrate for the highest quality listening experience. And don't forget... We'll be at the Long Beach Convention Center on July 30th for the Midsummer Scream Horror Convention. We'll be telling some stories along with Shelby Scott, Sapphire Sandalo, and a few others. We hope to see you there. Stay safe. Peace out. and the ghouls disturb you, darling.